This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we build professional development systems to help engineers and their firms grow. You can now download our recently published AE Industry Trends Report, which contains answers to the following questions. How long will the great resignation last? Are firms still allowing remote work and how is it affecting their productivity? How are successful firms using data to create people-centric cultures? You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. The quality of an agency reviewer or inspector's work directly impacts and influences the success of a project. In this episode, I'll discuss five ideas to help sustain the quality of your reviews and your inspections. I'm your host, Brian Wagner, a licensed professional engineer. And in this episode of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, we talk about things from a reviewer's perspective for consistent quality. And don't worry, if you're not a reviewer or an inspector, these are likely things that you can apply to your own work too. So let's jump right in. Let's get started by talking a little bit about my background, my experience, and why I think that I can at least touch on this topic of the reviewer's perspective and the reviewer's work, which is a little bit different than the design engineer or the person that's producing the construction plans or the plan for implementation or even the reports that are used for implementation. Vast majority of my career I spent in land development, civil site work focused on residential, commercial, industrial land development. And through that process, the real job, in addition to just engineering projects, was obtaining approvals, getting site plan approval, getting residential subdivision plan approval, and working through that process with a series of reviewers to ultimately gain their approval and then ultimately move into the next phase of the project. I've also had the opportunity to sit on the other side of the table and work as a reviewer, controlling the destiny of a project and whether or not that project ultimately is found to be in compliance with law and compliance with standards and whether or not that project can move forward in the process. So agency reviewers and inspectors are involved in a variety of different ways and assortment of different projects. Some engineers don't ever really come into direct contact with a third-party reviewer, such as county or state or municipality reviewer. At the same time, some professions or some aspects of the engineering profession constantly deal with it. And in some circumstances, as a design engineer, you can also be contracted to be a reviewer. So there's all kinds of different ways that these ideas may be able to help you when you're sitting on that side of the table. And I just want to review some of the ideas that I have about what I see as a reviewer and where the reviewer comes into a lot of projects. So as I mentioned, from the land development perspective, the transportation perspective, those permitting and approval authorities really get into like stormwater management, forestry, grading, erosion and settlement control. Those all are often bound by law. 
and that there are things on the record that have to be achieved comes back to the Clean Water Act from the federal government standpoint that's trickled down to local jurisdictions for stormwater management. There's building codes and other implementation and implications to electrical, plumbing, fire protection, and permits for that work. Whether it's just specific to electrical improvements, there's electrical permits. Even if it's a site plan and you're building a new building, there's permits and there's plans and everything kind of has to work together. And then how is that enforced beyond just saying what you're going to do? Plans lay out what you say you're going to do. But at the end of the day, you don't always have to do that exactly. And that's where inspectors come in because inspectors are that enforcement arm to stop you from not following the plan. And that's during construction or during implementation, but also after construction. That's a big emphasis in stormwater management, having as-built plans. Did you meet the design criteria with what it is when it's finished? Did the contractor make shortcuts or not graded exactly the right or not set elevations correct? Did, from erosion and sediment control perspective, is are you not maintaining your site properly and now you're causing downstream implications with sediment and erosion being conveyed and transported onto adjoining property owners? And the recurrence, like the enforcement comes from the inspector side of things because I know a lot of contractors over the years that would sweep things under the rug in order to get to that next step. And when that inspector showed up, things would change. So let me dive into five quality management ideas that I have for reviewers. These are not all inclusive. They're not going to apply to every reviewer or every inspector. But these are ideas that I think directly influence and impact the quality of the work that you're doing. And like I said, the reviewers and that approval authority have a lot of say and a lot of influence into the success of a project. Let's get started with number one. So number one is code and standard compliance is key. Code and standard compliance is key. Don't forget that. A law, an ordinance, whatever you want to call it, a mandate, an expectation, a standard, whatever is documented, that this is what needs to happen, needs to happen. Now, a lot of times there's a little bit of flex. The reviewer can use their own independent or personal experience and perspective to shape that, interpret that, comply with that. But really, it just need, don't forget that there is a guideline, a, a boundary that's been set. And it's not always what you want as a reviewer. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what we talk about with engineering, design engineering, and every engineer does things a little different. Every CAD technician does things a little different. And that finished product never looks exactly the same, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. And from the reviewer's point of view, it's not always, well, it could be better if you do it this way, because it very well may be better if you do it that way. But from a reviewer's point of view, does it meet the code, the standard, the law? Does it meet what it needs to meet in order to obtain its approval? And that leads me into number two. So number two, I believe, is stay in your lane. Reviewers often 
are charged with enforcing a section of code. A floodplain reviewer isn't necessarily always looking at grading and erosions and sediment control. Grading and erosion and sediment control normally go hand in hand, but it doesn't have to be the same reviewer. And in some cases, the same reviewer is reviewing everything. But what I've experienced is there's normally a couple different silos because there's a little bit of expertise. A stormwater reviewer really understands and knows the code and the laws and the standards that go with stormwater. The erosion and sediment control reviewer and inspectors know those laws and those mandates and those standards very well. The forestry or landscaping or from like a health department, a sanitarian, private well and septic situation, there's a wide diversity of regulations and they're not always the same agency that's responsible. So you might have a stormwater entity, you might have the grading and erosion control entity, you may have the public sewer and water entity, or it's from another entire provider. In the DC metropolitan area, you have the Washington Sanitary Sewer Commission. You also have DC Water. You have Montgomery County has their own water and sewer system. There's so many different aspects that can have competing goals. In some cases, you may be a solo show where you're doing everything or you're doing everything by yourself for one aspect of that code. It doesn't mean you can't influence from a reviewer's point of view. You can't influence other reviewers or help other reviewers out because you really do want to look after other reviewers and other people that may work in different agencies, but within the same umbrella. If you're a contractor that's performing a review, but you're only limited to a certain aspect of that review, it's important to remember that you may not have the authority to comment on things that are outside those boundaries. So it's just something to be aware of. And don't push that boundary too far too often because it becomes counterproductive. If you have a comment, I've seen it before in a stormwater situation where the stormwater reviewer will start commenting on erosion and sediment control aspects of a project. But then maybe that sediment and erosion control inspector that did the review was okay with things that had happened or felt that it was in compliance with the code and it just complicates things. So I would just encourage you to stay in your lane. But with that, I also, for number three, I say study your craft. I've had the opportunity to sit on both sides of the table, both as the design side and the review side. And the one thing I've noticed about reviewers is that they like to talk about what they would do or what they have done when they sat on the other side of the table. And that experience is valuable, but it can't stop with when you became a reviewer. So you must continue to train. You must continue to educate yourself. Stay ahead of the curve. Understand the evolution of where the industry is going and where you see it going. And the reason I say that and the reason I emphasize that we should all be studying our craft, but especially reviewers and people that sit on the review side of the table. And I say that because you have the ability to change or at least influence those laws, codes, and standards. So if you can stay ahead of the curve, if you can understand what's on the horizon, updates to the building code, updates to the state or federal level stormwater management, and you're the stormwater reviewer, and you have the ability to influence what's happening in your level, your local jurisdiction, 
or even your state jurisdiction. That's invaluable to the success of projects that are within your jurisdiction. Don't be surprised. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're surprised about the next big thing. Stay ahead of the curve and stay on top of your own training, your own education. Now, like I mentioned before, as we move into number four, checking your own work is hard. This is hard for anybody. The human brain is not designed to check your own work. It's just reality. You may have seen memes before or other information on the internet, and you can look it up, where you can literally read entire paragraphs that are misspelled and incorrectly written. Your brain is smart enough to know if the right number of letters are there in the first letter, or there's some statistics about it. I think it's you have to have the same number of letters, and they can be mixed up in any order, but as long as the first letter is correct or the first and last letter is correct. I probably should have looked that up a little bit more. But those, your brain automatically has intuition to know what's coming next. When you have written, when you have written out all your comments or you've written out your work, it's very hard to read it again. How many times you've written an email and went to reread it and thought you were good? And next thing you know, there's an extra and that doesn't even belong because I don't think linearly most of the time, and I cut and paste and change my emails a lot, and I'll end up with extra words. But when I reread it, I don't even see them. So here's one thing you can do with like written text and documents is to read them in reverse, read them from the bottom up, like paragraph by paragraph, because it breaks up that rhythm in your brain that you actually, because you already know what you wrote. And whether you remember it or not, your brain knows what you wrote. The other thing you do is leverage those tools like the automatic things that come with like Word that highlights your grammar and spelling errors. There's other tools out there like Grammarly is one that I like that helps with more than just spelling and some of the basic, basic, did you put a semicolon or a comma like Word will do? Grammarly gets a little bit more into that. They do have a pro version that gets even further into proper writing But leverage those tools, leverage those other resources. If you have the ability to allow somebody else to read what you did, even as a cursory, they don't have to understand what's written, but they can check your spelling and check your grammar and make sure that you're not making foolish errors. Some reviewers are solo. They're a one-person show that's reviewing everything for the floodplain ordinance. And at the end of the day, they still need to get their work done, but they don't necessarily have somebody that can read everything they do. But it doesn't mean a friend that's in your office can't read it. For number five, and this might be weird, but time is money. Now, why do I say that from a reviewer point of view that's normally not billing by the hour? Now, if you're a contracted reviewer, yes, you're probably billing by the hour and time is explicitly money in that tone. But if you look at it from the private sector, of view, or even the public sector, point of view that's still public work, every hour that an engineer spends on a project is typically tied to a billing rate and an hourly rate that's put against a contract. From the reviewer side of the table, it's not necessarily always like that. It's they get 40 hours and however much work gets done, gets done. And that was a big clash when I switched 
and played the role of the reviewer, or I don't say played the role of a reviewer, but when I moved to that side of the table, because I was so focused for so many years on every hour had to be assigned to a job. Every hour that I worked, every 15 minutes was broken down and assigned to a job. The lawyer that we hired for my father-in-law's estate charged in six-minute increments. Every minute mattered in certain professions, and it doesn't always matter on the reviewer side of the table, but maybe there's a deadline, 30 days, 45 days for that review cycle. But I would encourage reviewers to see it from that private sector mentality that the more efficient and effective the review goes, the faster we get through the process. The private sector really needs to see it from the reviewer side of the table too. It wasn't a surprise, but the one big thing I noticed when I was on the reviewer side of the table was we were all trying to accomplish and meet those specific codes and ordinances that I was responsible for as a reviewer. But I was getting information from many different engineers and applicants. And in that process, everybody does it a little bit different. And it's hard looking at different people's work because you immediately start stereotyping. You start getting that track record of, well, this was really clean and and concise and I understood this. And now I'm looking at this other thing and it makes absolutely no sense. They don't explain it well. They just give me a lot of numbers. They give me a lot of information. It can help or hinder the review process. So from the private sector, it's your job. And that was what I always said, like I said, back of land development when I did that and was so focused on land development, our job was, yes, to engineer and design really good sites, but our client wasn't paying us only to engineer a really good site. The client was paying us to get approvals so they could build the site. We were in the business of getting approvals. So from the design side, from the person asking for the approval, it's imperative that you see it from their perspective that they're trying to check box. They're trying to make sure it's in compliance with different aspects of code and law and standards and expectations that are normally set forth and set out really explicitly. And it's your job to show them how you meet those expectations. And I would encourage you to push to do that as efficiently as possible. At the same time, from the reviewer side of things, going through many, many cycles of reviews are frustrating for everybody. So from the reviewer's point of view and understanding that time is money, but you want to be efficient, effective, be sure that you're complete and that you're finished. You don't want to rush. You don't want to finish just to finish. You don't want to comment just to comment. If you're going to give somebody 15 comments, make sure there's not three more that you should have gave them when you get it back the second time. So let's just recap these ideas. I know I ran off on some tangents, but I really wanted to just share a little bit of perspective, a little bit of ideas, both for awareness for people that don't sit on the reviewer side of the table. And if you are a reviewer or an inspector, I would encourage you to think about how you can improve the quality of a work, or at least sustain it, maintain it, and have good working relationships with those that you serve. So let's recap the five quality management ideas that really affect the quality of the work that reviewers and inspectors are doing. And that is, one is code and standard compliance is key. 
That is the ultimate goal. So know them, understand them. Second is stay in your lane. Most reviewers are bound to boundaries of where the limits of the code and the laws that they are responsible for enforcing. Know where they are and understand your limits. Study your craft. Stay ahead of the curve. Understand the evolution of engineering. Engineering, yes, the hydrology and hydraulics perspective of things, the tools that we use, haven't changed. Water still runs downhill, at least last time I checked. But the way the laws and the standards, the technology evolves and it evolves very rapidly, stay ahead of the curve. Study your craft. Number four, acknowledge that checking your own work is hard to do. It'll never be perfect. You'll never be perfect at doing it. So get the support from others that you can. Work with those around you to support each other. Find ways to help yourself. And lastly, number five is time is money. At the end of the day, no matter which side of the table we're sitting on, the ultimate goal is to move that project to the next step. No one should want to be a hindrance. No one should want to just not be willing to work with the other side of the table from either way. Because at the end of the day, we serve the profession of engineering and producing high quality work that serves those around us. Thank you for your time. As always, I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your feedback. If you have other ideas and other comments on that, please join us on our social media platforms and share it with your friends. Let's have a conversation. Please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode and all episodes at engineeringqualitycontrol.com, where we'll summarize the points from today, as well as any links or resources that I may have mentioned. Until next time, friends, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.com dot org.